Hello, I'm Hannah. And I'm Rachel. And this is the Before and After podcast, where we discuss all things related to training, mindset, health, wellness, nutrition, and body image. Whether it's talking from personal experience and sharing stories from our own journeys, or reviewing the latest trends from the health and fitness world, our goal is to provide you with fascinating insights and helpful information to help you reach your own goals. Between us, we have years of training and coaching experience to draw on. And as masters athletes, we know a thing or two about the highs and lows of working towards being the best version of yourself, both in and out of the gym. We hope you enjoy this episode and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share so we can expand our audience and keep the conversations flowing. Happy listening. Well, hello. Finally, hopefully, season four, episode two, because if you (laughs) follow us on Instagram, you'll see my sad, sad, sad tale of what happened to episode one. The universe did not want us to share. It really didn't. Uh, multiple, multiple times. Which the, is a bummer because it was, it was good. We recorded it once and it was it was pretty darn good. And yeah. then the audio was like all messed up. And then I got a, I even got another laptop and we recorded again and it was arguably better. Yeah. I mean, it's weird to try to redo a conversation, but uh, we did it. It was different the second time probably, but and then it the was audio, great. Once again... Just disappeared. So um, to very quickly recap on that, we were talking about boardless vision boarding. And um, there were two categories, which if I remember rightly, because I'm that old, that a podcast that we recorded a couple of weeks ago is now long right. gone. Mm-hmm. Um, repeated it twice and it's still hard to remember. <laughs> uh, we had two categories. So one was kind of just general like health and wellness. Yeah. And I think, you know, my goals for this year was to kind of just bring my body back online fully functioning after months mm-hmm. and months of mm-hmm. shoulder issues and like try and just stay like in a happy and healthy place and get ready for some epic challenges and your health and wellness was like um yeah i mean the general overarching thing was sort of uh find uh uh owing it to myself to see what i'm capable of so pushing a little harder when i've had a year where i probably didn't push super hard um, is that your health and wellness one or your fitness one? Oh, I thought it was both. Was okay. it not? Uh, uh, so my fitness one was to, I think if I remember, uh, kind of run my own race, so to speak. Like I don't mm-hmm, want to get caught mm-hmm. up in anybody else's race with the open coming up, CrossFit open coming up. I want to do it and enjoy my training. I think that was a big emphasis for me. It was enjoyment because I know that I'm going to mm-hmm. go into this open and there's a lot of stuff you know, pushing anything overhead, handstand push-ups, you know, even the pulling part, which was better, still hasn't been a lot of training there. So I know I'm going into this not like at 100% and I want to be okay with whatever comes out and not let it ruin my year. And then I'm going to totally shift gears, which we can talk about later today, to run a 50k. So that'll be a little step back from the CrossFit for a while, for a while. So some different fitness challenges coming up. But the goal is to run my own race, and have fun doing it. Yeah. That's my fitness. I had a bunch of really specific fitness goals, but I don't even know if I want to repeat them because maybe that's what the universe was 125 giving me. 125 pound snaps is what of, I remember. Dang it. It was going to give me the gift of changing my mind if we couldn't remember. Well, all of these um, goals yeah. are fluid. It was stuff like, I, yeah, the 125 pound snatch, um, handstand walking is a, like a year goal. Like a year from now, if I can walk on my hands, I'll be happy. I don't need that anytime soon. Um... And I think I I did have one that was sort of played into some specific skills where I feel like I need to let go of control. Um, So it's not quite the same. Yours is like having more fun. Mine is like letting go of control because I've spent a good chunk of the last year doing a ridiculous amount of drills, building all this really, you know, uh, strict strength that in some ways when it comes to CrossFit competition amounts to like a good party trick. Like it's great to do a couple of strict ring muscle ups, but when it comes down to it in like a open situation or something like that, like I need to learn to relax and actually be athletic and try to be a little bit more, well, maybe it is, maybe it is having more fun with gymnastics. Yeah. Um, Not holding on too tight, literally. I was thinking about the control (laughs) thing too. Like 
I love to be in control, which in some ways is great because it means I can juggle a hell of a lot of things in my daily life and stay on top of things and things happen on time for the most part and mm -hmm. when they need to and they're organized. But I was thinking about like when it comes to the open style workouts, which are typically shorter yeah. and sprintier and stuff that's not naturally in my wheelhouse that I tend to like just... I, I have that the control thing kicks into that mm -hmm. that doesn't allow me to go into that really dark I'm like puke or have an asthma attack kind of place yeah like I feel myself stopping short because I just I would I want to control it so that that doesn't happen and I feel like to do well in something like that you kind of have to put that to one side yeah and just be ready to roll around on the floor and hurt <laughs> it's true and that's definitely, I feel like the programming that we're doing now is ramping us up for that, right? Like, mm -hmm. and I'm forcing myself to do more CrossFit classes rather than all my fun gymnastics accessory work because I'm like, oh, I actually need to remind my body what it's like to do just that. Which is interesting. Like, just hurt for a little bit and then you can get back to your training later. Because <laughs> like, I, I finally, um, I finally came up with a plan because this 50K is in beginning of May and I was thinking about it and I was like, I want to be able to still maintain both like the world of CrossFit and become this endurance runner person. But then I was like, I got to also be realistic that a at 43 years old, it's tough to recover from like gnarly long runs yeah. or like aggressive CrossFit workouts and then get out there and run. And like, you know, there's like some like little ankle niggles that I'm now getting. And that's just like annoying. And, um, <laughs> And so I was like, okay, this feels kind of scattered. I need a plan to be able to make all this happen. So I figured the other day I'm going to put it out there now so everybody who knows me can keep me accountable. Mm -hmm. I am going to stay in CrossFit classes till the end of the Open. As soon as the Open is finished, I'm going to stop going to regular CrossFit classes. I'm still going to go to the gym and do like either just gymnastic skills work so I don't lose it, but like low intensity kind of, mm -hmm. you know, just mm -hmm. skill stuff. And, um, like, specific, like, leg strengthening stuff that complements the running. And then outside of that, I will just start to build up my mileage for the six weeks leading up to the race, do the race, and then I will get myself back into CrossFit classes. Okay. So the Open is three weeks, so it's the last weekend of February, the first so two like weekends third of weekend March. March. What about when you qualify for quarterfinals well if i qualify for quarterfinals i mean that that's literally like three weeks later that, that yeah there's a there's a so, break i mean the reality yeah. is that i'm i'm not like suddenly going from crossfit to couch potato like of i'm course, not gonna yeah. lose fitness and in that small amount of time between the the um open and quarterfinals if i make it really like the major thing that i need to work on would be like gymnastic skills. So mm -hmm. I'm still going to be working towards that so that that's okay. like fresh and good, but I'm just not beating myself up in CrossFit classes because, you know, an extra two weeks of yeah. barbell cycling You're and jumping gonna, on boxes yeah. is not going to gonna... make a drastic difference to me in that time because I'm going to be like, I'm going to be keeping my fitness up with running. But what I'll probably do is rather than just like lots of long runs, I'll throw in some like maybe shorter runs, but with like interval sprints. And so I'm yeah. still like jacking my heart rate up. So it's not a complete surprise. Right. Those quarterfinal workouts won't be like after three weeks of you never having your heart rate up. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So that's the plan. We'll see that, if it works. That's good. I mean, you know, it's really I love I love talking about like periodized training. Because when I um, last year, I think, yeah, I'm sure we talked about it a lot on the podcast. So last year was, uh, around this time when I was doing that performance challenge. So mm -hmm. for the first time I was like, I'm working with a nutrition coach, but it's not about a number on the scale. It's purely focused on like how I feel at the gym and what I'm doing. And one of the webinars that we had last year that I loved was like, um, he's a, coach and a nutrition coach and he himself is like a runner so he writes the lift run program for mm -hmm. black iron training and so he was talking about back then right I was training well we were we were training I was training differently probably than you for like Mount Whitney and then Ecuador and so I was talking to him about like how do I how do I become like a mountain endurance athlete but still like have 
fun at CrossFit and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, it's, it's a fascinating thing to like kind of go through phases. And I think it's, I think it's a cool experience as an athlete to like, just own that, right? Like CrossFit's not going anywhere. You can come back to CrossFit. And it's not like, like, you know, like, and I proved to myself, and I think this is, this may sound silly, but it's kind of what helped me make that decision. Like I'm going to actually take some time off to focus on this other thing is that because of shoulder situation, I haven't done a handstand push up in three months. And on Saturday, there was a lot of them in the workout. And I was like, huh, here we go. Let's see if we still got this. And it's really easy to be like, oh my God, I haven't done something in three months. It's all gone. Everything's lost. And it's not. I mean, capacity is different, but the movement's still still there. So yeah. I'm like, okay, you're going to be fine. Like if you take six weeks away from yeah. CrossFit, and like really since I started to be able to do more as I kind of got towards retiring from sailing since 2017, the only break that I've taken from CrossFit was when I did my neck in for three months. Right. When I when did like your functional body bodybuilding to... stuff. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, I've always kind of been like, you know, through the pandemic, it was looked slightly different, but I still kept up doing those style of workouts yeah. and barbells yeah. and dumbbells. And so it's going to be fascinating. And it, rather than be like, usually I get like this dread feeling if I'm away from CrossFit and like FOMO if I look at workouts. And, but this time <laughs> around, I'm actually like, I'm excited. And I don't want to like, you know, I've set my sights on a pretty aggressive 50K with nearly 9,000 feet of elevation over the course. And I have no designs on a particular time rather than to not get time capped and removed from the course. But um, I want to be able to go and do it to the best of my abilities and not be out there like struggling because two days before I was trying to hit like a ridiculous number of squat cleans or something in a right. workout. Yeah, 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 you're right. Because it just doesn't match up. Like, like and it's only like is not gonna... six weeks. Yeah, six weeks out. That's so much. You heard oh. it here. You can hold me accountable. All right. I've got some really fun, like, it's going to be really funny if you're in class and I'm doing the kind of, like, strength work outside because it's like our roles are reversed. Yeah. And you'll be looking at <laughs> what I'm doing and probably be like, damn, <laughs> I want to do that. It's As so I'm true. dragging a heavy sled backwards I know. past people doing the, the crazy CrossFit stuff. I mean, I loved, even though, you know, I didn't love the foot injury and figure that out, like, I kind of loved last summer... Um, yeah, I was always doing my own thing during the CrossFit classes, but yeah, you definitely have FOMO, but it's, uh, it's a good thing about CrossFit. It, it's not going to change. You're going to be able to come back to it. And, and actually, you know, sometimes, you know, if I work on a lot of leg strength stuff, I might come back better. Like the handstand push up mm-hmm. surprised me because I've done crossover symmetry probably four or five days out of the week, every week for months. Yeah, and your shoulders are healthy. Kipping handstand push-ups have never felt that solid. Yeah. So we shall see. But anyway, that all kind of leads me to what I thought would be a good topic for today, which is thinking about our like fitness goals. Mm-hmm. Why is it important to do hard things? And that could be like I know many people who listen are about to do their first competition. Yeah. Like real online video yep. yourself competition. Yeah, we've got the qualifiers starting. And then we've got the open coming up, which for many people, I mean, it's for everybody, actually, it's three weeks of anxiety while you wait to find out mm-hmm. the five-minute workout you're going to do. So and much even, anxiety. It's so if you, unnecessary. If you've done it's it like... for years, it's still like, oh, God, oh, God, the nerves, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh. Um, and then, you know, I've got my 50K, and what, do you have any other... I don't actually, kind of I, not really. I mean, I, I think, you know, at the end of last year, I was thinking about what competition might look like in the year ahead, but I didn't really plan much past the open and quarterfinals, like, you know, made it last year. So definitely want to try to do that again. Um, the, I can't remember if I said this out loud on the podcast, but like, right, the CrossFit has changed the amount of people that qualify for the next round. And so because I'm aging up into a category, it's like, I have no idea how reasonable it is, but semifinals, the le- that level is going to be, uh, include a lot more people than it did last year. And mm-hmm. I, I have no idea, like, if that's possible, but I'm positioned <laughs> to be like, that's more possible than it's ever been before, because I'll be the youngest in a new age category and at the same time, like have this advantage of 
25% of people are going to qualify instead of 10%. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Is that 25% are going on to semis? I know, I know that's for going on to quarterfinals. Someone seemed to think it was both because, right. I mean, it's, it was, uh, I, I literally had not thought about it at all until, our friend Aaron, the owner of the gym, just sent me a message when it was announced, was like, this is your year for semis. And I was like, what? So <laughs> apparently her understanding of it was that it'll be it'll be more inclusive because the reason for that is because the Legends qualifier um, or the Legends championship, which is now taking over the Masters categories from the CrossFit Games, they want just more athletes. So it's sort of the percentage changed is based on the eventual number of people that are going to get to go to that competition. The monster games that we're doing this weekend is also that's also a qualifier. Yeah. So if too bad they don't have teams of two same sex in the like summer. If we qualified out of this, we would. Yeah, we could qualify for the legends as a team, and then that would be fun. Then the route as an individual would be through the like CrossFit Open. In the quarterfinals and stuff, but I don't think it's realistic for uh, me to think about no, summer finals. I mean, I'm the old lady in the category, and well, yeah, I've been out of like too much out of action. Yeah, so but I mean, I think that's that is something that. Gosh, if I, I'm pretty sure I did say this in one of the two season one episode or season four episode one that we did was that um, sometimes it's good to like state a goal that you might not reach. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's um, the you know, the comparison for me was with mountaineering. Like if I pick a summit, right, like I went to Ecuador, our tallest summit was Cayambe. The weather in that mountain, the universe was just not cooperating that night. So we didn't summit. But, you know, saying I want to summit Cayambe was still the right goal to like state for that trip. Right. Um, so I don't know. Sometimes just saying something really aspirational like I, yeah i'd like to make semifinals i want to push for um, it like or as close as i can get to it next year yeah right well because I mean, then i feel like if i can stay or like i'm i'm getting there i'd say shoulders that back to like 80 mm-hmm. percent. if i could get that back to yeah. as close to 100 percent as you can expect to be at my age yep um and have a really good healthy training year be fun to see how close you can Absolutely. get. I would probably yeah. shit my pants if I actually made well, it. Well, <laughs> I mean, gosh, because, I mean, I don't remember. I'd be like, but oh, like, no. But yes, in terms of, like, skill-wise, you know, my year, saying my year's goal is, like, I'd love it if a year from now I could walk on my hands. Something like handstand walking, especially in the master's category, that's the kind of stuff that would come up at semifinals. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I can't, I can't do that. I don't think that's going to change in the next, like, six weeks, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I think even qualifying for semifinals would be like a shit your pants moment because it'd probably be like, and your first workout opens with a 185 pound clean and jerk. And then I'd be done. My score is zero. I think think if that actually (laughs) happened and you got to like, if I got to the semifinals this year, um, and I, I I went and I stood there and it was like... (laughs) Open the opening yeah. event was something so far out of my reach, like ten unbroken ring muscles up, up right? Muscles, yeah, followed like... by a hundred and forty pound snatch, and I'd be like, you'd, you'd okay. have to go with that kind of super positive, yeah, just having a good time. Yeah. This is for an experience mm-hmm. kind of attitude because there's nothing worse than like when you watch that event. There's that person who's just so far behind, yeah, and that if they sort of have an emotional breakdown, it's so uncomfortable to watch. You're like, oh no, it is. Whereas if someone's just just like making the most of it, and like, mm-hmm. well, shit, I turned up. I'm here. I'm gonna do what I can. Yeah, this is cool. Well, I mean, remember the year before last when we went to see the games that that workout that had the super heavy yoke. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like massive lifting. Like you had to drag, you had walk that yoke, and then do a bunch of ridiculously heavy like dead front squats and, and deadlifts squat and, cleans and yeah. yeah. And there were absolutely athletes who couldn't even move that yoke, yeah. right? I mean, I think I remember at least one, and but it was Rebecca Fusilier who had the most epic finish at the Capital workout. So it was sort of like people were rooting for her, and she had a great attitude. She was like. Might not be able to move this yoke at all. <laughs> um, so, yes, I can certainly imagine uh, being, yeah, when it's your first time qualifying for something that big, 
sometimes it is. It's too aspirational, but... Um, That's why it'd be so fun to do it, like, as a team, so you could kind of have a partner in crime <laughs> to share your best with. <laughs> Just not be like, oh, God, it's me. Because I don't know if I've ever actually done, apart, open aside, but, like, a competition individual. I don't um, think I have. I did the... I've done... I mean, I did the NorCal Masters. God, I missed that competition. That was great. Um... Wow, that might have been my only one as an individual. I do let I prefer team and partner workouts for sure. Um, but that one was like, there was a lift that I had never done before. I had to do a hundred and five pound thruster in mm-hmm. a in a metcon, and I had never repped that weight before at that time. But it was definitely like. I failed a few, but then I got a few, right? Like it was like right on the cusp of what I was capable of back then. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think I've ever had a competition where I've, the workout has been revealed and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stand here now. (laughs) Smile away. (laughs) Smile away. Yeah. Well, heck, good luck. Yeah. How much do you want if you make it there? I mean, this will be, this is going to be the year of our podcast is us. Trying to remember what we would have said in that first episode that y'all didn't hear. <laughs> so we can change our minds. But on that note, like, why why is it important to not only aspire to do those things, like, be, mm-hmm. be brave enough to say, hey, I'm going to try and make it to semifinals. Because yeah. then, you know, I think, like, just saying that you bring a different attitude. So when you might just be like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing one more rep, I don't give a shit, you Get that one more rep. Yeah. Um, But not just like that. Why, why, why is it important? Like mindset wise to do hard things. Mm -hmm. And you know, you don't necessarily, this doesn't necessarily have to relate to CrossFit. It can be like, you've done mountain climbing and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. why do you do it? Okay. And how does that why translate into everyday life? Oh, I love that question. Okay. Um, So... I do think, you know, yeah, this question definitely applies to like my mountaineering goals and that part of my life because it's also um, when you add in things like freezing temperatures and freezing rain and snow and uh, high elevation, it's 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 a lot less comfortable <laughs> than a day at the gym here in sunny Santa Barbara. Um, so I think... I think, I don't know, I guess answering the why of that is goes back to what I've sort of settled on as my theme for the year, which is like, I owe it to myself to find out what I'm capable of. Mm -hmm. And I think on a mountain, that's pretty straightforward. Like you put one foot in front of the other until you decide not to, right? Because even mountaineering, um, yes, the mountains are steeper. So it's like a steeper incline, you know, it is tough on the body, you're dealing with elevation. But in reality, you're moving super slowly. And you learned that on Mount Whitney, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I told you we'd be moving slow. And and no one really believes me how slow mountaineering actually is. definitely (laughs) the slowest I've ever moved. So it's like, you know, there's a lot more time to be like, I can put one more foot in front of the other again. I can do that again, right? Like, it's like, there's just not, there's not really a point of failure that's as obvious as the points of failure we get at the gym when it's like, okay, my right arm is no longer capable of like lifting a 50 pound dumbbell off the ground, right? Like it just stops or like push up failure. It's pretty obvious when you hit your point of failure. On a mountain, you can take a break, you can drink some more sugar water or like, you know, eat some gummy bears and then your legs will keep going probably for way longer than you think. So I think that's one thing. It's like it shows you where your limits actually are because I think most people don't really know what their limits are. So choosing to do really hard things allows you to like understand yourself better. Um, so I think in the gym that the way that's played out for me is like I – my biggest thing, and this was even before we kind of tweaked the theme of the podcast, but my biggest thing was like trying to fight through being a gymnast that weighs a certain amount, right? Mm-hmm. Fighting through that struggle of like, I'm too heavy to do X, Y, and Z in the gym because those are body weight exercises. Shifting that mindset to being, 
I just have to be stronger to do those things at a given body weight. Um, and so I think the hard things in CrossFit for me have been finding out that same thing. Like, what am I capable of? In some ways, like if, the, going to the gymnast thing, and there's definitely people in the gym who weigh more than you who have beautiful gymnastics, yeah. is you're not going to get away with shitty reps right. if you're a heavier gymnast. Yes. You have to learn to yeah. do it properly. Yeah. And so, like, you know, like that guy, um, I've seen him on Instagram, solid dude. I think he's a teacher or something, mm -hmm. repping out ring muscle-ups. But if you looked at him, you'd be like, no way, your no shoulder's yeah. going to rip out. But he knows how to use his body, and he knows how mm -hmm. to keep tension in the right places. And because of that, he has so much momentum yeah. that he can actually do incredible things yeah. in terms of gymnastics. But if he right. tried to pull off like a <laughs> shitty chicken wing bar muscle-up, he'd probably rip his shoulder out. Exactly. You too, like, there, there is a point where like weighing too much will change things, and you won't be able to do it. So, so it's true, right? Like the... Um, learning that lesson myself and I mean I'm still learning it right like I mean none, none of this is over by any means this gymnastics journey um but I do feel like I I owed it to myself to find out what I'm capable of at a body weight that prior to last year I would have said made a strict ring muscle up impossible or something like that right so I think for me the theme of my year is like the answer to that why question yeah so i love to do hard things because i love putting myself in situations where i feel uncomfortable <laughs> that's not my reason yeah but that because is a good it's reason. fascinating right like yeah. i'm so fascinated <clears throat> by what happens and this is why like sailing around the world with a crew of amateur sailors mm -hmm. you get a year's worth of exposure to how people react you know the difference between how they yeah. say they would react oh yeah and i always check in with myself like how do i think i'm going to react to something that is unknown yeah. and then now i'm in this situation and in a situation which is not easy to get out of i mean like crossfit workouts are hard yes but mm. ultimately you can just put it down and walk away you can quit and walk away and you if can you get in to. your car and you can drive home and you can yeah. get in your epsom salt bath and pop a bottle of champagne and l <laughs> listen to something you know that's gonna make you like weep and cry and feel sorry for yourself and then better for yourself and then all that shit it's easy to get out of that situation yes assuming you haven't hurt yourself yes when you put yourself up a mountain or in the middle of the ocean or probably mm -hmm. you know Sure, on the 50k course, I'm going to be able to depart at any point or get kicked off if I'm too <laughs> they slow. They might kick you off. <laughs> but I also know that doing that is going to take me to probably a pretty dark place yeah. that I haven't been to for a while. It's probably since like, you know, 12,000 plus feet. I was going to say, do you Whitney. feel like you got in a dark place at Whitney? I got into a place where this is what I've kind of, I hated and loved all at the same time, is that not knowing much about well, not really experiencing my body at altivation. Altivation. Altitude. Oh, <laughs> Combo altitude and elevation. Try We're it. not drinking tonight, by the way. I'm uh, absolutely not. Um, but uh, I, I didn't know how I was going to react. Yeah. I didn't know, like, physiologically what would happen to my body. And I got up there and I felt like dog dirt. Like, horrible. Um, maybe with some caffeine pills. Might have been slightly less right. horrible. Um, but I was like, you know, there were moments where I was like, I might need to stop, but I only might need to stop because I got to remember that what comes up must come down and I've still got to get my ass yeah. down this mountain. Cause it's not like you get up to however high you can get up to. Mm. And then the helicopter comes right, along. There's a nice gondola to take you, you down. That is not the case. Gives you nice hand warmers and says, mm. Hey, you can go to sleep now and I'll take care of everything. That's not the case. And my biggest concern was like. This is all good, but like, what is that point where actually you cannot go any further? And that was like, it's the same kind of feeling I got at crossing oceans. You know, when you're racing, you push hard and you push hard and you push yeah. hard and you push hard. But like, where is that point where it's going to, you know, you break something or, you know, at altitude, you go, go that, you know, 500 yeah. feet more and you go from just feeling like shit to actually being in the shit. Yeah. And then you'll be become a burden yeah. to other people. Um, so finding that fine line of like, what what am I capable of? And so this is like, I feel like every every year, two years, 
I need to do something that pushes me to that place. So I can just check in to see if I still am able to not panic, mm-hmm. choose to respond rather than just react. Because, you know, there's, there were mm-hmm. several situations out on the ocean. There were situations probably uh, climbing Whitney where there was that sort of sense of like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And I will push myself hard in the CrossFit gym. And I can feel quite terrible after a workout or go home with Fran Lung or just not quite know what to do with myself. But I'm immediately returning to the comfort of my own home. I know I have a pretty good idea. I can look at any CrossFit workout and get a pretty good grasp of what's going to hurt, when it's going to hurt, how it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. And how I'm going to feel afterwards. You know, whether it's going to be I'm going to taste blood after this one or I'm not going to be able to walk for a couple of days after this one. Mm hmm. Climbing Whitney, I had no clue. Yeah. You had no idea those toenails were going to fall off. No. race. I, I had no idea your toes could fill with fluid that you need to squeeze out of them. Like, TMI. Sorry. But, like, I had no clue. And, like, just how long after we got back and into the comfort of our own home, it took to return to feeling normal and not being completely exhausted and, yeah. like, how long it takes your lips to deflate. That was such a funny and your recovery toes to journey deflate was that and trip, yeah. It, it was just a really fascinating experience, but from it, I go, okay, didn't die. Mm-hmm. Could do it again. Yeah. Um, and that's why... You're like, likely not going to die in your 50K. <laughs> it's going to be, be such a disappointing It's going to be uncomfortable in a different way than Whitney, but I bet the, the risk of death is far less than Whitney. <laughs> oh my God, that'll be the one time like I trip over a rock and get bit in the face <laughs> by a rattlesnake and... <laughs> <laughs> that's true you're, you're not gonna have to worry about avalanches um i hope not, or not altitude in May. sickness not in, but not up there but you're May. right uh, tripping and like, falling in a rattlesnake biting your face there's no there's no avoiding that you can't predict it <laughs> i feel like if that happens it was just meant to be mm-hmm. but like i have no clue exactly how i feel yeah. i vaguely 15 years ago i ran the new york marathon and i remember I was with my friend and at mile 15 or 16 when we were crossing the bridge going over into Manhattan. She was like, I think I need to walk for a bit. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, well, I can walk with you for a bit. And it was the biggest mistake I made because I was shuffle running at that point. Like we're not moving fast. Yeah. But as soon as I started to walk, I just became super aware of all of the pain, everything, everything that hurt. Yeah. And then the, the fact that there was still over 10 miles to run Rather than just like, okay, one mile at a time, we're fine. Suddenly it was like, oh shit, I got 10 miles. And at the start of that marathon journey, running 10 miles was not even possible. And it kind of was just such a mind shift in the wrong way. So now I know, you know, this is going to hurt. It doesn't matter how much I prepare for it. Mm -hmm. It is going to hurt. And there's going to be those points where I'm like, wow, I just ran 15 miles. Shit, I've got to run 16 more. Okay. And like with that amount of elevation, like yeah. my You're legs gonna to are going to go up and down hills. Burn. That's going to feel a lot different than running on a flat road. And trying to go through aid stations and just stop briefly and drink something mm. and put some sugar in the body and then carry on and not just be like, oh. Are they going to have pickle stay. juice stations? I don't know. That was the best part of those Spartan races was pickle juice, which I never thought I would have liked until I did a half marathon Spartan race. And uh, I was like, oh, yes. Actually true. The mm-hmm. Big Bear. Yeah, the Big Bear one, that pickle juice station, because which was like halfway. It was at the highest point. There wasn't pickle juice in that the no. one we did here, right? No. Nope. And everybody had told me about the pickle juice mm-hmm. and the Spartan races. And I was like, ooh. I know. And then when we we're in Big Bear and I like, got the pickle juice, I was like, actually. Yeah. I went back for a second shot. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so I think being comfortable, I mean, don't get me wrong, being comfortable for a good amount of time is, it's nice. I'm yes. very, <laughs> I go to bed every night in my yeah. nice, comfortable bed <clears throat> with my nice comforter and my side sleeper pillow. And I always try and have that moment of gratitude that I'm safe and I'm warm and I'm cozy and I'm dry and the bed is not going to move all over the place. And yes, the doodles will probably wake me up, but you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not hopefully not going to have to get up in the night because the boat's on its side or like there's a massive snowstorm up the mountain and we might have to dig out a little bit or something like that. Um, I I did learn that by the way, in both Ecuador and Antarctica and everywhere, you should always travel with your own pillow. 
Oh, yeah. Take it with you. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Next time we go up the mountain, I'm going to have that yeah. pillow strapped on the outside. It's worth the, it's worth the extra weight. <laughs> oh, I always travel with my own pillow. Um, but I feel like being comfortable, like if you go to the CrossFit gym and, you know, like you said it, in episode one, rest its soul. <laughs> God rest um, its soul. <laughs> you know, you said that you felt like last year that you kind of sort of stayed in the comfort zone mm-hmm. and that's great and it's comfortable yeah but you didn't really learn and i made a lot of progress in the comfort zone but not yeah just there, there's you made limits. you made a lot of like skills progress yeah. mm-hmm. not necessarily like as a crossfit athlete exactly progress. yeah absolutely not yeah. so the only way to really advance is to get uncomfortable and that's not just in the case of fitness related stuff mm-hmm. like in your job in school like this get you start a new job and you feel like a deer in the headlights like oh shoot man what huh how do i do this and it feels really overwhelming mm-hmm. and it would be really easy to just panic and think i can't do this i'm not good enough oh my god yeah. everyone's looking at me like i'm a freaking fraud and i'm meant to be this amazing person because i came across so confident in my interview and now look at me and i feel like if you do hard things outside of that environment then you have the ability to draw on that experience and rather than react with panic be like actually hang on i can respond with i know how to do hard things Mm -hmm. and i know that at the beginning you know i put the snowshoes on and started to walk up with me and i'm like (laughs) well shit i haven't done this before but we're just trust in yourself because i know that i have the mindset to be able to keep going and to understand that I will learn something every day, mm-hmm. maybe every minute of every day or every hour of every day. But at the end of the day, I have learned something about myself. Yeah. And if you never are willing to put yourself there, you can never expect to really go anywhere or do anything impressive in your life. Yeah. No, it's, you know, that's such an interesting thing because I, I, I guess I think about answering this question of like, why do we do hard things? And I think about myself up on the mountain and what I'm thinking of up there. And I, you put in all this training in the gym and then you're like, okay, when I'm out on the mountain, like that training all comes into play, but I don't think about the training. That's not what gets me to keep putting one foot in front of the other, right? That's like a different kind of mindset and grit that is honestly hard to train for when you're not in those environments. So I think what you're talking about is like, that's probably another reason why I have to do crazy things like climb mountains. Cause like, I'm not good at finding like the pain cave at the CrossFit gym. I'm not good at finding that discomfort when there's another option. But even though I don't think about my gym training when I'm up a mountain, I have thought about that night on Cayembe many times while doing a CrossFit workout. So now that I'm back in the comfort of a CrossFit gym, there are workouts. Um, generally, it's something that involves machine calories. Like I have to eke out another 24 calories on the assault bike or something like that. I've done multiple sets and I will actually call to mind like, Rachel, remember how you felt on Kayembe. Like you you can do this for another 45 seconds. <laughs> like, right. So I do think like that's a great thing to think about is like you if you put yourself in situations where you're going to learn something, you bank that for your future self. Mm-hmm. You bank the opportunity to then at a later date say, oh, I remember what I felt like then and I made it through or I pushed through or I was able to do it. So, um, well, I'm thinking yeah, like that's a cool tr- was like get into the open mindset of like. Do that one more rep that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Go that little bit harder. Jump before you feel like you really can <sighs> oh, jump. We did that in the workout We're still today. Still working on that one. I'm not good at that. <laughs> the workout yet. today we did. We had to force There's ourselves. Something about like after you lose your shin to a box once, it's very hard to get past that. It is. It's probably one of my more traumatic life events, and yep. I know that makes me sound frail, but well, seriously, it's similar like, though. The ah! stuff you learn, you, you bank. You can bank bad experiences that your brain will call up. But like when I'm trying to like get into that sprinty mindset which is not does not come naturally to me it does not mean I cannot do it it just means it's something that I have to work at because I'm not Mm -hmm. naturally that style of athlete um I think about times like laying in the tent the night before the final push to the summit kind of like 75 percent of me was like I don't think I can go on just because I don't want to be the burden that 
has trouble coming back down again. Mm-hmm. And then waking up in the morning and it was super cold and crisp, but you know, I couldn't feel my feet. Super cold. It was like negative 15 or something. <laughs> Very cold. Um, and then just thinking, but I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. And if I just quit now because it's not comfortable to carry on, then I'm going to lay here while everybody else walks off towards that summit And I'm going to be so damn disappointed in myself. Now, had I got there and like there was like signs of pulmonary embolism or like I was like actually body breaking down, not just like I've got a banging headache and just I can't feel my feet. (laughs) Then that's a different story. But I was like, you know, I've made it through the night. Mm -hmm. I'm here. And if I just have to sit here and wait while everybody else carries on. I will never forgive myself. Yeah, that will be worse than... That will be worse. And so, you know, the last couple of weeks as we've been doing more kind of nasty workouts, that I take that mindset that got me to Mm -hmm. carry on, and I'm like, okay, if I don't do that one more rep, and then somebody else gets one more rep than me, and I go home and I'd like keep scrolling, like refreshing the leaderboard... (laughs) And that other person gets a rep, I'm going to be pissed. Not pissed at them for doing better than me, but pissed at me for not doing that one more rep. I'm proud of you for not going back to get one more pound on your bench press last week. (laughs) When I added that one more pound. Just to show you how it's done to, to one-up someone. But, um, okay, I have a question for you. But you have to selectively one-up people. Oh, for Otherwise, sure. you just look like a bitch. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I would only have done that to you because we've talked about that before in regards to other people. Um, no, I, I'm not actively out there being a dick trying to put on a quarter pound. More she just people. thinks about it. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, but I think it's, it is kind of an interesting question, right? We're talking about com- competition and a competitive mindset. Um, so the question I have for you, again, it'd be super useful if our listeners had gotten to hear that, that first episode. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things that, you know, we were discussing was, I'm I'm not sure you exactly worded it like, you know, this year Hannah's going to listen to her body, but there was like that, you know, aspect of, I want to run my own race. I want to focus on what my goals are and not worry about what other people are doing. Um, and I will say that after that episode, I was very surprised that not a few days later, you were like, do you want to do this qualifier? I've signed us up. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, like I really, I guess I thought from those early conversations, um, that CrossFit competition was like, not something you were going to have on your radar. So what? What led to that decision, like signing up for a qualifier that is maybe, maybe it's like low stakes because it's just an online qualifier. We're doing it at the gym. But like, you know, within a week you went from like, I'm a runner. I'm focusing on this endurance rate to like, I need to do a CrossFit competition to get myself primed for like the competition of the open. So good question. Thank you for bringing that up. (laughs) Um, So the like, I've probably since 2017 and I started going to a really amazing gym competitive people and I had a very much that had this kind of like quote-unquote should be good like I'm retiring Mm -hmm. from sailing and throwing myself into like CrossFit and coaching it and all the rest of it was kind of like a stopgap this place to fill the void from Mm -hmm. you know sailing but just because you're very good at one thing doesn't mean you're going to step into an entirely different sport that you've not really ever trained in your life and start at a level that is like way up there. Yeah. So very quickly, CrossFit became like kind of a head fuck. <laughs> it's like fair. Uh, it is for a lot of us. <laughs> like, you know, I'd get so in my head about something like in the beginning, it was clean. So I had shitty technique and everybody around me was lifting so much more. And I knew I was stronger. I knew I wasn't lifting to my strength potential. But every time I saw like cleans on the docket, I would just driving to the gym. I'd be head case about it. And mm. then I would screw myself over because I didn't want anybody to see. And I was just like, <laughs> 
And this has been an ongoing, evolving thing, you know, like the cleans would come and then it'd be something else. And then, you know, something else. There's a laundry, never ending list of things that I've got in my own way over. And when I get in my head about something, I get worse at it. Like, it's not helpful. And like last year, you know, I got a few things going, like fun, new gymnasty skills, surprised, great, cool. And then the freaking shoulder situations just meant that rather than like you get a skill and then you go, oh, if I just practice this, like not every day, but, you know, frequently, then by the time the open rolls around, I could be really good at it. Mm -hmm. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> like had to keep stopping sometimes so, but like, yes. <laughs> I I have noticed <clears throat> that like I've gotten my own way again with certain things which have become stupid mental blocks and then stuff that I know I can do just fine like the other day there was, we did workouts and then afterwards there was some like bar muscle up practice and I freaking slammed my chest into the bar multiple times like a moron and then I go and do four in a row and it doesn't make yeah. any sense. And the only thing that's different is that before, when I jumped up for the first fails and stuff, I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Right. And by the time you and did by the, the time four, I got to singing, the four, I was like, I believe oh. I can yeah. fly. Yeah, I was like, you can do this. Just <laughs> jump and trust. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I want to be able to do competition stuff for fun mm-hmm. and go into the open, like, not just this is my first thing that I've done like competitively since you know I stopped doing a lot of things because I was hurting so bad and you know yeah sure it's always nice to think that you would advance this is like a qualifier so there's potential to move on from this and if we do fabulous and if we don't doesn't matter yeah yeah and that's where I want my mindset for this year to be to be able to just show up at competitive opportunities to be able to enjoy my fitness and not be like, I should be able to do 10 on broken bar muscle ups and I should be able to lift this much weight in this complex. Like I, I, I want to have fun with it and not heap pressure on myself. But you know, that competitive, if, if you don't have that in something like CrossFit stuff. If you don't have that element of competition, it's all too easy to like talk yourself out of certain things. Yeah. And I don't want to be that person that does that. I don't want to be like, oh, when 2023 was the year of the muscle up and then off they went, <laughs> never to be seen again. Yeah. No, it, that's a really, it's, it's, it's true. I feel like with, for me, I mean, I was like not anticipating that competition, um, but I'm super happy to do that. A few weeks in before the open, like I feel similarly, it's probably good for me to do that. Um, And I also think maybe similar, like for you, again, it's like having fun, being able to not take it too seriously, but still put yourself in that mindset. I think some of my goals around um, not holding on to too much control, competitions force you to let that go. Right. Like when there's a time clock, when someone is like you are starting now and you don't have a choice, you can't overthink things. Um, And I think that's really good for me um, to like not. Yeah. To sort of put myself in situations where I can't uh, elect to do the slow and steady wins the race, uh, strict work, the like really, you know, the stuff that I've really enjoyed in my training in the last year. Um, Competition doesn't let me just fall back on that right like I have to do muscle ups and actually try to do them quickly (laughs) and I also like we did the waterpalooza online qualifiers and it was an eye-opener and educational like I much prefer in-person competitions yeah because you show up you do the work it's done you leave yes you come back for the next and there's energy of like a group of people and a day and And I think you know we'll have energy in the gym because there's lots of people (laughs) doing this particular one yeah but what I learned in Waterpalooza is that if you have 12 days and five events there's so much time Mm -hmm. to overthink oh yeah over plan just like get in your own way and then I hate that I hate dragging something out that could be done in a couple of days so I did them all in two days yeah and (laughs) probably could have done better if I didn't stack them all on top of each other learned that I'm a one and done kind of an athlete Mm -hmm. um 
but I know that, you know, I typically get sort of like, I get very impatient. Yeah. And I need to become more patient in order to deliver better performance. Like yeah. warming up might help. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Significant so it, I thought, it, you know, this is early in the year. Um, it's an online format to start with. So it's good practice yeah. to try and be like, okay, how is this going to work best? Like what order, you know, I'm running a half marathon just before we have to submit scores. So there's got to be some right. strategy to like the order yeah. of workouts so that I don't trash my body and then suffer more than I need to up the mountain. Yeah. Um, but I want to definitely be smarter, more patient, more strategic yeah. about this, this competition. Okay. Yeah. Good goals. Cause yeah, I learned, I learned a lot from the Waterpalooza qualifiers and that was the last, that was the last competition we did. Was that in October? Yeah. Yeah. That was the last competition I did before pain level went too high and a lot of stuff shut down. So it's also kind of get back on the horse competition. Okay. And learn to trust because, you know, I've definitely lost some trust in my body. Like the first time I jumped back up on the rings to test whether or not I was still okay to do that. I had to fail like six attempts and the only thing that was in the way was just like fear of like yeah, what happens if I turn this over and my shoulder just says, nope. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with some of these skills that we're working on too. It's like when you get your first one, it's like, oh shit, this is a big deal. And then when you get your second one, you're like, oh, thank goodness I can repeat it. But like at this point with a lot of these skills, even though you doubt yourself, like you are, I mean... I assume you're probably at a point where you've lost count of some of these skills that you've done. At least the bar muscle ups. Like you've probably done so many, you're not counting anymore, right? I know you. Yeah, were, which I know you what, were trying to count for a while. Which to like is why I have to keep reminding myself, like, like when mm. I stand there and go, uh, yeah, like my like, body knows what yeah, to do. You've done a lot of these, and the only thing that's stopping me is my mind expressing doubt, and that's why you know if they come up in competition. It's only happened once so far, which is like the the old Dirty Masters, yeah, which is great. the first time um, that you don't have that same time to stand there and go, ah, yeah, it's like, do it. Yeah, that's why I love that. Someone starts a clock and you're like, I don't have the option to and I'm hoping, debate in my brain whether or not I can do this. It's like, like we have you're no do it or you're not. Yeah, like, we have no idea what the workouts will look like what the formats will be, how long they'll be. I'm hoping there'll be some interesting stuff in there because of who's programming it. Um, but, you know, I want to bring back that trust yeah. again and not doubt myself because, you know, like you put yourself in any of these difficult situations where be, you know, if you're up a mountain in shitty conditions, if you're in the middle of an ocean and you're trying to push hard and you start doubting, that's when bad shit happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's when it goes wrong. You eventually, yeah, you have to And that's when, you know, that. you become a burden and then your massive adventure becomes somebody else's, like, you know, putting their life on the line to help you out. Not necessarily going to happen in CrossFit. Hopefully not. But <laughs> if um, there's some workout where you and I put one or the other in danger by what we're doing. <laughs> I don't like having that. I mean, if you bring that rattlesnake to the gym. Oh, man. Can you imagine... <laughs> Now I'm going to be there, like, thinking of jumping up above the bar and, like, some rattlesnake's going to fall out of the ceiling, like, Indiana Jones style. And, oh, man. No. No. No, no. no. Let's not think about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't like having that kind of chink in the armor. Yeah. I don't like having that weak spot. And I feel it's a humongous weak spot to have. Um, and it's, but it's also, like, very normal if you're coming back from injury. That Absolutely. It is intimidating. Like, I haven't put any great load over my head yet, but when it happens, I'm going to be like, okay. Actually, you know, that. so another one of the performance webinars from last year when I was doing that challenge that I really remember was on, you know, I actually, oh, I think it was on like risk threshold. So how do you determine, you know, 
yeah, your your threshold for the kind of risk you take in sports. Um, and it was really interesting because I was thinking about I'm a very cautious athlete. I don't push super hard or in like, you know, I, I, I'm very systematic, right? Like when I learned gymnastics skills, I'm going to do those boring drills probably too long, right? Like, like well past the point where they've served me to actually get the skill I'm looking for. Like, um, my first strict pull up was I trained negatives until like my pull up negative was somewhere in the vicinity of like 30 plus seconds. And someone was like, you should probably try a regular pull up now, because if you can do a negative for that long, you can do a pull up. So it's like, I'm very cautious. Um, and I think another example of us being the perfect athlete, because I'm yeah. a bit more fuck around and find out. Exactly. The fuck around <laughs> and find out. And so I'm super cautious. But this risk factor one was interesting because what came up was like, I'm afraid of my ankle. So I've hurt my right ankle so many times over my life just from volleyball and things like that. It's it, it, it rolls a lot. And so one of the things I remember asking in that webinar was like, when you're training mindset, like, how do I get my brain to stop picture, like playing the movie in my, my head that is like me rolling my ankle, you know, because it's like it's happened when I've done a Spartan race. It happened once just walking around the gym, like, right, like I have these pictures and it's so hard to let go of those moments in your head that you're dwelling on. Um, and her response to that was like, why don't you ask your brain to think about all the hundreds, if not thousands of things you've done where you didn't roll your ankle, mm -hmm. right? Like how many box jumps have you done and you have not fallen over and rolled your ankle, right? Like there's just as much as we want to dwell on these one-off moments, we have to trust the, the, the countless other reps where nothing bad happened. And I think it, right, so it works in both ways. It's like you jump up for a muscle up, your body remembers all the other muscle ups it's done successfully. Mm -hmm. When I jump on a box, my ankle has way more successful reps than unsuccessful reps. This is like the same thing as, you know, having those sort of impressions stamped in your mind of like the times when you did the hard shit yeah. and being able to be like, I'm still mm -hmm. that person. Yeah. I did Maybe that this and... particular dose of shit is different to that dose of shit, but I've, been hypothermic and carried on and you know i've laid <laughs> yeah. the boat beyond on its side and we came back up and we survived yeah. and i've been launched across boats and all cra all yeah. manner of crazy stuff we, you we can't thought even make we up. thought we'd never feel our toes again we felt them again a they couple still hours later <laughs> um and so that i mean like going back to the overarching theme of this like that is why like you know whatever you do in life if you if you've never poke the bear a little bit mm -hmm. you don't really know what you can do and you know we we've had this sort of slightly weird ongoing conversation about you know are you afraid to die like if tomorrow was your last mm. day on earth would you be like oh my god no or would you be like all right cool and i have this very kind of laid back attitude towards that because like if literally tomorrow was my last day on earth i could sit there and smile and be like yeah i found I pushed myself to some really hard places and I came back from it and I learned from it and I've got stories to tell from it. So if there's no more, it's cool. And I mean, obviously it's not cool, but I don't know if I have that. Same if attitude. that was it, it would be like, all right. It's not like I sat there and went, wow, I really don't know anything about myself. Yeah. And so I would always encourage people. You don't necessarily have to go climb mountains or cross oceans or, you know, barf yeah. after a friend it doesn't or anything have to like be that justifying it doesn't have to be but suffering if you are somebody who's doing say crossfit competitions or the open for the first time and everything hurts and you're like i don't think i can do more one one more rep try it because mm -hmm. i bet you can if you really want to and nerves and that feeling of like not wanting to do it yeah and that feeling like everything you know you forgot how to do everything you ever learned everybody else in the room regardless of experience or level is feeling the same thing it mm -hmm. is not just solely for you yeah. everybody is feeling that same thing but the difference is the more you learn about yourself the better you are able to turn off the noise at three two one go and get to work yep 
Absolutely. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully you guys will actually the get to goes, we'll listen to this. Yes. Next and time. by the time we do our next episode, we will have done our first competition of the year. Mm-hmm. And I will hopefully have successfully run my first ever trail half marathon and see what I've learned from it. There you go. You're going to learn something. Maybe we're on to the next round. Or maybe we just say, hey, we took part. We had fun. It was fun. And that's all good. <laughs> so we challenge you to do hard things, push yourself, get one more one more rep, and see what you learn about yourself. Thanks for listening.